Good morning, Burlington Baptist Church, and welcome, whether you're online or you're here in the auditorium with us. We just count it a special day when you show up and worship with us. Today, as we gather for worship, just one big announcement that I want to make on something that's upcoming. Um, as we move forward and our service times are going to be switching again, remember those are going to be 8.30 and 10.45, and that's going to be in August the 2nd. On that day also, when we open up the back area and the nursery area for Beth and start planning for the children, you'll notice that we are going to begin taking reservations for the children and just so we know the capacity and make sure that we meet all the guidelines that we have to and that everybody is safe. So make sure that you're checking back on the website or calling the office and we can walk you through that procedure. But we're looking forward to August when we can all uh, start seeing a few more smiling faces in the place and start beginning in Bible study. It's a great day to be in the house of the Lord. If you're a guest, we just want to say welcome to you. It's our pleasure to have you come and join us today. If you need anything while you're here in the auditorium, don't hesitate to ask our wonderful volunteers that are back in the back because they can point you in any direction that you need. And if you are a guest, we ask you to please stop by our guest service desk on your way out and make sure that we have a record of your visit, get a chance to meet you personally because that's a very special time for us. But as we get ready for worship today, I'm just going to ask that you join with me for a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this moment, a moment in our week in which we can just stop and praise you. And Father, in all the things that we've gone through in this past week, we know that this morning, that as we gather in this place, that your spirit will be moving. And we just ask, Father, that whether the people are watching at home or whether they're here in the church with us today, uh, that they feel that spirit's presence. They feel it through the songs that we sing as the praise team leads us in just a moment. They hear it through the words and your, as your scripture is, uh, is proclaimed by Harold. And we just ask to allow that to penetrate our hearts so it becomes meaningful. And that becomes the purpose and the driving force of what we're here on earth for is to share the love of your son, Jesus Christ. Father, we're blessed to have a place to come and worship. And we're so thankful for the way that you've watched over us even during this um, horrible pandemic. We ask you to continue to bless us and heal us to help our land and our leaders as they make decisions going forward, Father. Just to make us always mindful that we need to lean on your understanding because you are truly the one who knows what's going on. So, Father, in this time of worship, just bless it. Just give us a great time in knowing that we are praising the one true Father, the Father of the universe. And we pray all these things in the precious name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, good morning, church. It's wonderful to see you guys here, and it's wonderful to be with you guys there at home. Uh, we ask wherever you are, just stand up with us and uh, turn around and yell at somebody and tell them that you are happy to see them in church this morning.
Yeah.
Amen. Um, we are not going to pass the offering plate this week. I know that's a surprise, but we are um, grateful to you guys for your, your, your giving and how you've kept that up, and we just thank you so much for that. Um, the offering boxes are out as you walk out the double doors on the left, the right. I think there's one out front. And as always, the Dollar Club's out there, and you can give online or via text or all of those things. And uh, thank you again for doing that. So let's pray over our offering. Lord, just thank you so much uh, for the opportunity to come into your house and worship. Lord, I thank you for your son Jesus and, and what he has done for me and uh, the ability that I get to go and, and have that conversation with people. Lord, just thank you for that um, gift and that responsibility. Lord, just help us. Uh, as a church, as we shift around some times and things that are going on, Lord, to do that in a way that's pleasing and in and, and, and a way that just helps more people feel comfortable coming back because uh, we just love getting together and, and worshiping. We'll be with Brother Harold as he brings our message, and I thank you for the offering and those that give it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Yeah. 
Amen. You guys have a seat. Amen. He is mighty to save, and our prayer is that he might save someone this morning, maybe you, and uh, we'd get excited about that. We're going to be in Ephesians chapter 4 this morning. Uh, we're in a series talking about being healthy, healthy at home a couple weeks ago, healthy uh, at work last week, next week healthy at church, and this morning healthy in our culture. And uh, we know that uh, 2020 has been a crazy year, along with COVID, our country's been dealing with racial injustices and racial reconciliation, protest, disorderliness, uh, much of that was kind of initiated by the horrific scene of a, of a police officer holding his knee uh, on the neck of George Floyd until he was lifeless, he ended up losing his life. And so there's been a lot of chaos since then. And so this morning, as we consider being healthy in our culture, I want to specifically discuss how Christian unity triumphs over racism. How Christian unity triumphs over racism. If you have your Bible, Ephesians chapter 4, I'm going to read verses 1 through 6. I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord... Urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. And Father, we pray today. That you would speak through your word. Uh, Lord, I pray you'd give us ears to hear. I pray we'd be receptive. Lord, I pray that you would reveal any um, prejudices, any racism, any evil intents of our hearts. Uh, Lord, we all have some. I do. And uh, Lord, I, I want uh, you to show it to me. I want to confess it. I want to get rid of it with the help of your spirit. Uh, Lord, I want to put on some of these things, this gentleness and humility and be bound together in Christ Jesus. I, I pray that we'd understand as a church that we're brothers and sisters in Christ. And uh, there's so much in these few verses, and we pray that you would help us to hear. And again, Lord, that you might make us receptive to what you have to say in your word. And uh, we'll praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, let me start by just kind of defer, de defining a couple of terms. Uh, we know race has to do with color. Uh, ethnicity is a little broader term, and it has to do with our culture, our beliefs, our language even. Uh, ethnocentrism really is seeing our ethnicity as greater than other people's. Ethnocentrism. And then racism is really seeing your race as superior to that of others. And this morning, I, I want us to see how, through the gospel, that Unity, specifically Christian unity, triumphs over racism. And so let's start by looking at the source of our unity. I just have two points this morning. The first one is just the source of our unity. I direct your attention to verses 5 and 6 where Paul says we have one Lord, that's Jesus, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is over all and through all and in all. 
And so here what we have. We have Paul writing to the church there in Ephesus, and he is reminding the church that, they're, that the source of our unity starts with God, the one true and living God who has made every human being in his image and in his likeness. <clears throat> we could turn to Genesis chapter 1. Verses 26 and 27, it makes this clear. It says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness. And goes on, it says, We'll give him dominion over all the things of the creation. Verse 27, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And so we know this. Because every human being is made in the image of God, all have dignity and value and worth in God's sight. And we know this, all of us came from Adam and Eve. And that's really why racism is so hard to understand, is because we all came from the same parents, if you will. Uh, listen to Acts 17:26, And he, that, that the he is God, made from one man, that one man is Adam, God made from one man every nation of mankind. That word nation is the Greek word ethnos. It's referring to ethnic groups. And so what it's saying there is that God made from one man every ethnic group or every nation. Acts 17.26 said that the races, the ethnicities are here by the design of God. And in the same way that he created all of his creation with diversity and beauty and glory, and, and he put that in everything from top to bottom, he created the highest of his creation, which is man, with diversity. And so we all come from Adam, which means that if we wanted to trace it back, we could say that Adam is our great, 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 I don't know how many greats, but he's our great granddaddy. And we all have the same roots. And so if you want to trace your roots and you want to get back to your ancestors back in the good old days and you go back far enough, we all started with Adam. So uh, what color was Adam? What ethnicity was Adam? Was he dark or was he light? What about Eve? Was she dark or was she light? Was one dark and one light? Listen, I have no idea. And the Bible doesn't tell us, so it's not that important. But what I know is that all human beings were created to know God, to love Him, and to glorify Him. That's our chief end in life, is to know and love and glorify God. Now you think about God. God Himself is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Isn't that right? And yet God is one. He's one God. And, uh, and so our Lord is God. He is one, and yet He is three persons in the Godhead. And so what we have in God is, is unity, he's one, and yet diversity because he's three. He's Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And so we could probably expect his creation to reflect himself. Think about this. God has been in a relationship with himself for eternity. Now you think about that, isn't it right? I mean, the Father has always loved the Son. The Son has always loved the Father. The Spirit has always loved the, the Father and the Son. And so human beings were created to live in a diverse, loving community with other people. So we go back to Genesis chapter 2. 
Remember, God made Adam, and he, everything else was good, but he said one thing is not good, and that one thing was that it's not good for Adam to be alone, and so he made a different type of person. He formed Eve, a woman. And so now they, we have a man and a woman. They are different and distinct, and yet God brings two together, and they become one. And from them, from Adam and Eve, would come the ethnic groups of the world. And so God has made us to live in relationship with people not like us, and it's by His design, and it's for His glory. Now listen, we have an enemy, and he is a liar. And uh, listen, hate, Satan hates God. Satan hates white people and black people and Hispanics and Asians. He hates them. Now, we sing Jesus loves uh, the little children of the world. We could sing Satan hates the, all the children of the world. Uh, I mean, red, yellow, black, and white, they are despicable in his sight. That's, that's the way he, he sees this. And listen, Satan wants to cause as much racial strife as possible. And so he is loving what's going on in America right now. But listen, church, we're, we're gospel people. Uh, maybe tell your neighbor, we're, we're gospel people. And the gospel reminds us that God sent his son to die for sinners like you and I. And when he was crucified on the cross, one of the things he said is, it is finished. And that was enough to bring us all together as one, as the family of redeemed, as children of God. And so Jesus' Jesus's finished work on the cross offers us victory over death and hell and racism and ethnocentrism and cultural superiority. Listen, Jesus Christ is victorious over them all. Listen to what it says here in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 10. It says, it's talking about God's perfect plan, and it says, as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in Him, in Jesus, things in heaven and things on earth. And so God's eternal plan is to unite all things in Christ. And so we come to chapter 4, our focal passage this morning, and Paul says there in verse 1, I, therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you, church, to walk in a manner. How are we to walk? In a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. And so in light of the fact that God has loved you and called you, you're to walk worthy of that calling. Your life should demonstrate the Father's love. Now listen, our Father is sovereign. He's the sovereign ruler of the universe. Back to Ephesians 1 verse 11. In Him, that's Christ, in Christ we have obtained an inheritance having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works, and notice this word, him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. And so Paul tells us that God works all things according to the counsel of his will. And the counsel of his will, God's will, is that the Father's diverse people are ultimately citizens of one kingdom. Philippians 3.20 says to the Christian, you are a citizen of heaven. 
Listen, our citizen, our, our home is in heaven. It's the kingdom of God. And so the Father's diverse people are ultimately members of one family. Paul just really lays this out in Ephesians. Let's look in chapter 2. Verse 13 says, But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off, we were once lost, and specifically the Gentiles were lost, you, you who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ, for he himself is our peace, Jesus is our peace, who has made us both one, has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility. And then down to verse 19. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone in whom the host structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. And so in other words, we're one household in Christ. We're one family. Christ has broken down the wall that divided all the ethnic groups and all the races. And listen, church, when he broke it down, he brought them together into one family. And now, by his blood, guess what? In Christ, we become brothers and sisters by blood. Not ours, but by his. And so let me say this. Racism diminishes what Christ accomplished on the cross. Listen, your brothers and sisters in Christ live all over the world, and they look very different, and they're part of the family. They're part of our family. They are brothers and sisters in Christ with us. And this is serious business because Acts 10.34 says that God does not show partiality. Our Father does not show partiality. Here's a good story about that here in Galatians chapter 2. The apostle uh, Peter, Peter was a Jew, proud Jew, and uh, in, in Galatians chapter 2, he, he was sitting down and he was eating with the Gentiles, which was kind of a no-no for the, the Jews, but Peter was doing it. But when some Jews came, Peter got up from the table and he went to sit with them because he was apparently scared of what they would think. And Paul calls him out and Paul goes to Peter and says, what are you doing? Your conduct, Peter, is not in step with the gospel. And so let me say this, racism and ethnocentrism is a gospel issue. We're not born into the family of God. We are saved through Christ. We are brought into the family, and we are one in Christ. Again, we see this in verses 5 and 6. One Lord, one faith, one body of doctrine, one gospel. One. Listen, there's one Old Testament. There's one New Testament. There's one faith. And Jesus is, the, is, the, is our Prince of Peace, and He has made peace. And, and because there is peace, there's no longer uh, Jew nor Greek. Galatians 3.28, there is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is no male or female, for you are one in Christ Jesus. If we go back to Genesis 11, Tower of the Babel of, of, of Babel. 
the people were, they weren't united for God. Uh, they were coming together in their pride. They were trying to make a name for themselves. And we know that God came down and scattered them and confused their languages. And then we come to the New Testament. Jesus comes. And then by the time we get to Acts, in Acts chapter 2, Peter is preaching the gospel. There is this diverse group of people who have different languages, and they come together there in Jerusalem, and they hear the gospel. They hear the gospel in their own language. That's the power of the Spirit there at Pentecost. And they, they hear the gospel. They believe. They praise God together. They come together to form the church. And the church has a diverse group. It's a diverse family. It's been that way since the very beginning. Jesus Christ has reconciled us to God and to each other. And listen, our reconciliation is much deeper than our diversity. As Christians, we proclaim reconciliation. We are ambassadors of reconciliation. We go out into the world and we tell people how to be reconciled to God. And, and listen, reconciliation is both relational and personal. Uh, we can know God personally and relationally. And we, we want to know each other relationally and, and love each other relationally. Now you think about this. Jesus Christ is, is head of what? He's, he's head of the body. That body, which is comprised of every race and ethnicity, the diverse body of believers who come together and we grow up into him who is the head, who is Christ. And so we are members of the diverse body of Christ, and, and, and Christ's body is multicolored, multiracial, multiethnic, and multicultural. Did you know that? I, I want you to kind of chew on this. This is something I've been kind of chewing on a little bit this week. Did you know that Jesus has a multicolored, multi-ethnic, multi-racial, multicultural bride? You think about that. Jesus, our Lord, has a multicolored, multi-ethnic, multi-racial, multicultural bride. And she is beautiful. And he's going to come back and get her one of these days. And I believe it's soon. And uh, you read Revelation chapter 19, the marriage supper of the Lamb. Jesus is going to come back and get his, his beautiful bride. Now, one of, you know, one of the sacred cows of the church in the South is, is mixed marriages. And, uh, man, it used to be dangerous even to, to go there and talk about it. But let's just shoot straight about that this morning. There have been many Christ-loving Christian couples of different races of whom God, in His sovereignty, by His design, brought them together, and yet they were met with opposition by sometimes Christian parents, sometimes Christians in the church, purely on the grounds of their skin color or culture or ethnicity. Now listen, I've emphasized to, to young people many times that believers are not to be unequally yoked. But listen, when the Bible talks about being don't be unequally yoked, it, it's not in terms of race. It's Christian with a non-Christian. And for someone to twist unequally yoked to, to be on the grounds of race or ethnicity or, or culture, that, that's wrong. That, that, that's a lie that comes from Satan. You go back to the Old Testament, when God prohibited interracial marriages, it was a reference to God's people and not God's people. 
God wanted to protect his people. He knew that, that if you married pagans, they would lead you astray. Now, I, I, I think I can just show you this a little bit. The Old Testament, the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Bible, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, they're written by Moses under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And if you look in uh, Numbers chapter 12, verse 1, it tells us that Miriam, who was Moses' sister, and Aaron, who is Moses' brother, they spoke against Moses because of the Cushite woman whom he had married. And so Moses married a Cushite woman. A Cushite is, is from Cush. That's the area south of Ethiopia known for their black skin. And so this was a mixed marriage. And so it's interesting if you read and study Numbers chapter 12, they, they come and speak against Moses because he marries this Cushite woman. And listen, God doesn't get angry with Moses. He gets angry with Miriam. And down in verse 10, God strikes Miriam with leprosy. This is a, a white skin disease. And it's almost as if God is saying that uh, you like being light-skinned. I'll make you even more light-skinned. I'll give you leprosy. And so if you are taught to oppose two Christians who are different races purely on the grounds of race, you've been taught wrong. And the same applies for cross-cultural and cross-racial adoption as well. Listen, I've heard of couples who adopted children of a different race and their Christian parents or grandparents all but disowned them. Christian parents saying things like, well, if they're not our race, then they're not coming to our house for Thanksgiving or for Christmas. And when I've heard that, I was like, what? I mean, at Christmas, we celebrate the coming of the one who so loved the world, all kinds of people in the world, that he would come to their rescue and give his life to save them. I mean, the one unshakable hope is found only in what Christ has done for us. And because of what Christ has done for us on the cross, we have the power to maintain, as it says here in Ephesians 4, the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. And so look at verse 3 there in chapter 4. Eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Listen, the Holy Spirit has given us unity, and we as the church ought to be eager to maintain it. The church, I've been trying to sound the alarm about this for a little while, but the enemy is pulling out all stops to disrupt the unity of his church. And now he's trying to divide us over something as silly as mask. Dare us not to allow that. And let me just say this. I, I don't have to voice my opinion about every matter that comes up. Scripture would say that would be foolish for me to do so. Let, let me just humbly offer some pastoral advice, and, and I hope you'll receive it in love. When there are areas of uncertainty, we are to err on the side of love and grace and self-denial, when there are areas of uncertainty, we are to err on the side of grace and love and self-denial. And so unity comes through the transforming work of the Holy Spirit. Listen, it's impossible in our own strength because we want our voice to be heard. And our flesh fights unity, but the Spirit of God loves unity and works to keep us united in Christ. 
And so God, through the gospel, is the source of our unity. So we spent most of the time on the first point. The second one is, is just the heart of unity. Uh, chapter 4, verse 2. With all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love. Here's how you walk in unity. First of all, with all humility. Humility is the opposite of pride. There's plenty of that out there. Uh, and, and that's what racism is, is, and ethnocentrism is rooted in, in pride. And so Paul says, with all humility and gentleness, and listen, church, both of those, humility and gentleness, are greatly needed today. Gentleness is really power under control. And so, verse 2, humility, gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love. Is, is that a word for today or not? We're to bear with one another in love. Jesus said in John 13, 35, you'll know who are his people by the love that they have for one another. Now, some people, in the, even in the body, are hard to love. You, you can amen that if you want to, a little bit maybe. Uh, and so we must be clothed in humility. And we must learn to relate to one another in a spirit of gentleness, not biting someone's head off. We must be very patient with each other in the family of God. And we must be patient with each other in regards to ethnic groups and races and cultures because often they're very different from each other. That's okay. I mean, we exercise patience because God exercises patience with you and I. Listen, generations are different. I mean, we look at the younger generation, we scratch our heads. Sometimes sometimes I watch some of the things on TV and see some of the artists, and I think, what in the world? And I'm sure our parents did that with us. Generations are different. My children were different. And sometimes there are challenges, and, and there might seem to be extra tensions and in conflicts, but we've got to bear with one another in love. We've got to be rooted in love. And so this word love here is aguape. It's the supernatural love that comes from God. Listen, church, you hear that? It's, it's supernatural. And so that means we need God's help to bear with one another in love. And so we say, God, help us to love beyond our own capabilities. And listen, if you're a believer, you know that the Holy Spirit lives in you. And the Holy Spirit bears fruit of love and patience and gentleness and self-control. And so we say, Holy Spirit, I need your help in this area. And he'll provide it. Now, church, some of you may struggle with racism. I've seen some glimpses of it. I, I've heard a, a little bit. And I, I just want to remind you this morning that that's not from God, but it's from the enemy. And when he pointed out to us, we must repent of racism. We have to put to death the old man, the, the desires, the prejudices, the pride. And we must be grounded, it says here, in love and maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. That's verse 3. And so with all that said, we need to be intentional in maintaining the unity with all God's people. You see that word maintain? It's, it's the word maintenance. You, you brush your teeth today and you put on some deodorant and hopefully you'll do the same tomorrow and hopefully you do that every day. It's, that's called body maintenance. Well, Paul says we're to maintain the unity of the Spirit. That, that means it takes some maintenance work. It takes some work to be united. 
And so we're commanded to maintain this unity continually. And the goal of this unity is that the church will experience great joy and great growth. It's a beautiful picture of the church. It's the, it's the picture of the church growing in holiness, growing as people come to faith when they see our unity, our oneness in Christ. So the Bible says that the lost will be saved through faith in Jesus Christ. And one of the, the ways is that they see our oneness and they believe that the Father sent the Son. And, the, and then that the one true God, who is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, will receive the glory that He alone deserves forever and ever. And so through redemption, God has made us all one in Christ. And listen, in the end, in the consummation, God will bring people from every tribe and tongue and nation, and we will all be united in Christ, and we will sing praise and worship to Him forever and ever. Listen, church, that's just the Bible. I'll show it to you. Revelation 7, 9 through 11, as we get ready to, to close, it says, after this, John says, I looked, and behold, a great multitude that no one can number. This is the church from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages. And they're standing before the throne and before the Lamb. They're clothed in white robes because they're saved, with palm branches in their hands. And they're crying with a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. And so from every tribe and tongue and nation will gather together as the people of God. And listen, if you oppose that, you are opposing the very God who created the universe and you are opposing His perfect plan and that's foolish. Listen, when Christ returns, Christ will right every wrong. He'll make all things new. There'll be no more racial injustices, no more racial strife, no more... Uh, cultural superiority because Jesus has defeated the enemy, removed our sin, and brought us all together as his people, one redeemed people for his eternal glory. And so this morning, let's just rejoice because we are united in the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we know that Christian unity triumphs over racism. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word, and thank you for just the, the privilege of being in Christ, and, and just how through the cross, you broke down all the walls of division, and I pray this morning you might work in our hearts, Lord, you might reveal our racism, our prejudices, our selfishness, and all the other garbage that comes from the enemy. Lord, just, just show it to us. And I pray that uh, we might have a time of repentance and confession and reconciliation and even salvation. As the gospel is proclaimed, there is this invitation for the lost to, to turn from their sins and believe upon Jesus. And, and Lord, we know you're mighty to save. And so we, we invite you to examine our hearts this morning. Show us our sin. And call us to faith. In Jesus' name, amen. As we sing this morning, we just want to invite you to examine your heart. And, and maybe you want to invite God to, uh, to show you areas of racism and prejudice. Maybe this morning what you've realized through, through the Word is that you're, 
you're not in the family of God. You've not been reconciled. You're in your sins. And, and uh, we want you to know that you're invited to, to respond to the gospel and believe upon Jesus. And we'd love to talk to you more about that. We'd love for you to send us a message or put a comment. We'd love to follow up with you on that. We, we want you to know that uh, Jesus died for your sins. He rose from the grave. He offers to save you if you'll turn from your sins and believe. And again, as we sing, I invite you to deal with any issues of prejudice and evil, sin, racism. You deal with that today and confess that to God and, and find His forgiveness today for His glory. Just as I
Amen. Thank you for joining us this morning. Uh, listen, I know when we preach on racism, sometimes there's some questions. Uh, Danny and I do a little podcast each week. We try to uh, go a little deeper and answer some questions. And so you're welcome to maybe send us some questions you might have. And uh, we'll do our best to try to answer those for you. We're really excited about next week. Uh, we're going to have our first service at 8.30. And Bible study is at 9.30. Uh, we should have a Bible study for, for all of you. If you want to come, we'll try to help you find a class that would be a good fit for you. Some of our classes wear masks. If, you, if that's something that's important to you, let us know. We'll help you find one of those. We've got socially distanced in all of our classes. And so that's next week. Uh, our second service will be at 1045. Uh, our second service is, is getting pretty full. And so if you don't mind which service you come to, we'd love to invite you to come to our early service. I know that's early. 8.30, but uh, we've got lots more openings there, and so consider coming at 8.30 if you're planning on coming back next week. Uh, we look forward to seeing you. Uh, we're we're going to keep making some adjustments to be able to get all of you in here, but uh, that 8.30 service would be a super one to try. And again, just uh, keep an eye on our Facebook page this week and uh, our children's page. Uh, we'll be sharing some more information with you on how to register your children. We're, we're kind of limited to 10, count my teacher, in each room. And so nursery and up to two next week, the next two weeks, the second and the ninth. And, uh, and so we'll get that uh, nailed down. And then starting around the 16th, we'll try to have our other children back here. And so we're excited about that. Pray for us. And Danny, I'll let you pray for us. We've got uh, just a, another thing is August that week to August 9th, we've got a special group coming in to lead worship, and then they're going to do a concert that night. So be looking forward to some more information on that. Beth has worked really hard to get that thing done, so we're excited about that. And um, there would be some news coming from us here pretty soon, so just be watching out for that. But let's pray together. But we just thank you so much, again, for this opportunity to come into your house and, and worship and, and just to hear uh, the words that you had Harold give to us that we, that, that we just needed to hear, Lord, whether we're a believer or not believer. Um, Lord, just so much good things came from that message, and we just appreciate those words. Lord, just uh, thank you for uh, how you're working in this church and how you continually just seem to just take things that we do and, and, and move them the way that you want them, and we just thank you for that. Lord, just continue to bless us, and we just thank you as we go our separate ways. Uh, watch over us. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.